Welcome to the midweek edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. One win away from promotion. How does that feel, chaps? It feels damn good, it has to be said. I mean, it feels fantastic. Last night, what a turnaround. Two-point swing, wasn't there, in the space of about five minutes at one point with the MK Dons. And, and again, Rotherham showing that, particularly away from home, that they're, they're not at the races at the moment. All in all, a very good night. It's which turn two, Wigan Athletic. Two goals and chances throughout the game. Kino, great performance, 45 and 86 minutes with his goals. Chaplin and Morse on 61 and 73 for them. I thought first five minutes, we were superb. I thought this looked promising. Then 20, 25 minutes, put us under territorial pressure, got a lot of corners. But for me, didn't really hurt us. I was listening to the Ipswich commentary. They were saying that essentially they were dominating us in the midfield and... But I don't think they were really. I think we let them play in that area, to be honest. I think that was our tactic. I thought first half we got it tactically spot on. You know, we were very good on the break. And then as usual with Glatic, we made the most of the uh, set piece. I'm presuming you want to talk about the goal at some point, Barry. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice to get a word in. <laughs> first corner of the game for us. I think they had about six. We had Richard Moss on the week before. He said, don't, don't worry if we get a set piece because we're not going to score. They did have six corners, I think they had. And then we got the first one, which was right on half time. And Will, Will Keane took it away very nicely in the back of the net with a, a great header. I think, and I, I hope you get what I mean here, I listened to this game behind the sofa. I mean, obviously that doesn't make too much sense, but hopefully you catch the sentiment of it. Once you go a goal up, and you see results are going your way elsewhere. You just think, oh, are we going to do it? We went to goal up. Rotherham were a goal down. MK Dons were drawing. Everything looked fantastic at that stage. We were all for getting promoted. We turned around in the second half. I think they came up at us a little bit more. But for me, they didn't really... They, they were nice in possession, but they didn't really do a lot with it. I mean, that was a ping-pong goal, wasn't it? That, that one of Chaplin's. It just not bad clearance. It was an unlucky clearance. It bounced around a bit. And then Morsi's goal, they just didn't pick him up. There was Morsi and Chaplin still on edge at six-yard box, free, and the ball dropped to him. It was one of those games, Barry, where there's a lot of people who I've spoken to since who've kind of said that they've not been as nervous watching a game when we were leading or when we were drawing. I didn't feel it like that. It didn't feel to me that goals for it were inevitable. We generally defended well. I mean, the first goal... I mean, I don't think it was a free kick in the first place. I thought Lang got the ball, in my view. And then it was ping-pong, like you said, and just just lucky, very lucky. Second goal, I think we were probably a little bit at fault. You know, like you said, Barry, there was two players coming in on it. For me, there was no inevitability about it. You see some games where you think... I mean, I was kind of in that Bolton game in the last 15, 20 minutes. I thought it was inevitable that they would score because of the way the game had gone and the way that they were coming at us and the fact that they were putting lots of balls into the box. I mean, it's it's pretty, very pretty, but it it stood up to uh, whoever was on the other day, previewing it, got it spot on. You know, pretty football, decent in until they get to the penalty box. And then I don't think they're that much of a threat, to be honest. So I wasn't overly concerned. Obviously, going 2-1 behind, you are concerned. But I'm sure you're going to talk about how we responded to that. It got to that stage when we went 2-1 behind and MK Dons found themselves a goal behind as well, didn't they? So it was very much as you were. We had Joe Bennett through, didn't we? Just before Marcy scored, Joe Bennett latched onto a a really loose backheader. I think if that had been Will Keane in that position... 
it probably would have ended up in the back of the net. But when you've got... Oh, you know, I mean, well, Keane, the man who's missed the biggest sitters all season. <laughs> what I'm meaning is, you've got a left back there. You know, he gets a nosebleed when he gets into their half, never mind, into the six-yard box. And it was on his right foot as well. And he's, he, he's so left-footed that he falls over when he lifts it, you know, he lifts his right foot up. Uh, yeah. Which he admitted himself, didn't he, on a podcast just around Christmas yeah. time when we had him on. Uh, so I'm not knocking him at all, but I just think if he was more of a perhaps an attacking midfield player or a striker, that ends up in the back of the net. As it were, it ended up hitting the keeper. And they went and scored. Thought we responded very well. The substitutions was great. Again, you know, changed the shape of the team round, but in, in a positive way. Pierce was playing left wing, weren't he, when he came on. Edwards gave us that little bit of width going down the right as well. And... What a superb goal from Will Keane to put us level. The crossing was fantastic. He reacted and got got a side foot on it and it was in the back of the net. I thought Naylor dropped a little bit and almost went into the, you know, into a back two with Bennett and Derica remaining at fullbacks. And like Barry said, Pierce on the left wing. That's the way I, I saw how it went. And, and I thought it was a really smart change because normally it's, if Pierce comes on, Bennett goes off. But on this occasion, I think he... You got it spot on. What did you think of the uh, the actual goal itself, Paul? I think a lot of the credit goes to Max Power for timing the cross as well as much as anything. He doesn't try and just get it across at the first opportunity. There's, a, there's just that fraction of a delay and obviously Keane's in between two players, but he's the first one to it and bingo, there's your point that puts you in the slightest of stronger positions than we started the day. There's a game gone. We've got out of that. You know, the other teams have lost. We haven't. We might have been in an even stronger position. Do you not think if we'd have had that free kick at the end of the match. Oh, have a free kick. Oh, hang on. No, sorry. Game over. I mean, that decision in the last minute by the referee. Oh, so he, he pulls I... play up when we're on a good move and then essentially books their player and then doesn't give us the opportunity to take the free kick. I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense, does it? At some point, he's got a blow, hasn't he? And if time's up, time... Well, it's well, The question is, would he have blown if... Instead of that foul, we'd have played the pass through and he was on goal. I don't think it would have done. No, this. we've all seen referees where you're like, he's waiting for the goal kick to be taken. Ball to bounce in the middle of nowhere and then he'll blow up. It's a convention, um, isn't you know, it? It's that a convention. Is the, the generally it's a convention. It's not a rule, is yeah. it? But it is a convention, essentially. So yeah. let's have a quick look at the, uh, you know, the stats from the game because I think it's quite interesting, really, because I, I don't personally think necessarily reflected where we were because we only had 37% of, of the possession. We had seven shots with five on target, which is a very good, very good, a lot better than it has been. Ten shots to it to which with four on target. Uh, nine fouls to 12. Six yellows in total. I don't think it was a dirty game, really. Uh, two for us, Watson Lang. And of course, Mr. Morsey got booked in that incident in the first half, which again, I thought was a bit odd because he was pulled up for a foul and then they still were allowed to take the corner. Fantastic crowd there last night, 21,329 and credit to all of the uh, 402 away fans who made that long trip on a Tuesday night after a very busy... Um, yeah, I, th I think especially when you consider yeah. that, that originally would have been Easter weekend, Monday, and you know nobody planned for it. Everybody's had to rearrange to go on that Tuesday. Nobody planned to go on the Tuesday. So, yeah, absolute credit to every single one of them. And I think we've already alluded to it, but the guess we've got to give a bit of a thank you to Oxford and Burton. Although I didn't thought Burton were credit to the league last week, the effort they put in against us. And Oxford are obviously playing for their own purposes at the moment, but fair play to the pair of them. They've given us a, 
a right helping hand there, haven't they, Paul? Yeah, like I say, we creep closer to the target, slightly above everybody else, even though it's only just the one point. But it, it's another game out of the way, isn't yeah. it? And the psychology yeah. of it as well, isn't it? I mean, yeah. essentially, yeah. with a very good point away at Ipswich, and those two have lost games. I'm not saying they were easy games, but they have lost. Psychologically, it's very difficult to take anything from a loss, whereas we can take a hell of a lot from that particular point. So back to Barry, I think, for the man of the match. The man of the match from last night. There were some great performances. Jack Watmore in particular I thought Tendai played well yesterday and, and the midfield but uh, as voted for by our listeners on both Twitter and Facebook the progress with Unity Man of the Match for the game away at Ipswich was our two goal hero well done Will Keane tremendous performance and he looked like he loved every single minute of that game fantastic stuff well done Will Keane Today, I have spoken with Joe Bell from Plymouth, part of the Green Army, and he'll be making his way up to Wigan on Saturday to watch the Latics against Argyle, and he's given us a really in-depth preview. Let's have a listen to Joe and how we see Saturday's game going. Yeah, so our form over Christmas was good. We had a, a slight COVID blip into the new year, which obviously meant that March was always going to be a pretty hectic month. Players responded really well to all of that, winning six of our seven in March, only conceding one goal. We really were on a crest of a wave. And then, yeah, sort of like the last four or five games results have been flat. We've had a couple of really flat performances. I mean, going on to the results side of things, I mean, that's only really away from home. At home, you know, we really have started to make home park a tricky place to come now we haven't conceded in over 11 hours of football but yeah those away performances are just starting to eat away i think now at where our frailties are we are looking a tired side at the moment the general consensus amongst the green army is that we perhaps are slightly running out of steam at the crucial moment key injuries ryan hardy being out for a couple of games really hasn't helped the way we play you look at joe edwards a key player on the right side at right wing back our captain as well you know he gives the team a lot of energy you know monday obviously we lost panucci kamara who was having without a doubt one of his most influential games of the season he was everywhere i dread to think the numbers he was posting it's testament to the season that we've had that it's because of a five game spell that people are saying oh look plymouth are wobbling plymouth are out of form when actually in isolation you know, we've had a hell of a year to still be in this position with just two games to go and, and that really is testament to this squad that they've that they've assembled over the year. Yeah, Shuey's definitely the man. I can see why a lot of people outside the Argyle bubble wondered if he'd be able to sustain the good starts of the season we'd had when Ryan Lowe had left. But down here, we always knew he could. He'd been around the players. He'd worked a lot on the training ground with them anyway. On the ground, he he understood the style of play, what we wanted to do. He, he bought into the philosophy that Simon Hallett wanted Argyle to have, the good style of football, be professional on and off the pitch. And his record really is brilliant since he's taken over. You know, he's made a couple of subtle little tweaks to the system that we play, which has allowed us to be, you know, solid defensively, but also very good going forward. It really has been a seamless transition. I personally think we're playing better football now than what we did before Christmas. And that's remarkable when you think, you know, 16, 16 games unbeaten we were at one stage top of the league so you know it's testament to the person that he is and interestingly there's a lot of similarities between him and you know Liam at, at Wigan that you know Liam spent so long with Paul Cook you know when Cookie left the other year everyone would have thought oh would Liam be able to step up and he has done brilliantly for for Latics and you know it's the same with Shuey he everyone would have wondered you know can he carry on Ryan Lowe's good work and he's been more than able to do that 
and he really is a, a joy. It's a joy to have him as our manager. He understands Plymouth. He understands how much Argyle means to us. He's a lovely bloke. Does a lot of stuff on and off the pitch that has really benefited the football club. And hopefully, hopefully, this is the start of a long and successful tenure as Argyle manager. Player of the season this year is the hardest question Argyle fans left to answer all year. Without a shadow of a doubt, there's so many candidates. You know, Ryan Hardy, 19 goals, fantastic player for us now. Really kicked on this year. Mentioned Panucci Kamara earlier, who sadly picked up an injury on Monday. He's been fantastic. Really stepped up again this season after a getting to no League One level last year. A couple of the back players to mention, Dan Scar, James Wilson, been colossal all season. Macaulay Gillespie's really grown into the role at left centre-back since Brendan Galloway got injured. You know, that's a settled back line for next season, which is really important. Jordan Houghton's been superb in midfield. Danny Mayer, since Christmas, we've seen a different player. You know, the shackles have been removed by Stephen Schumacher and we're really seeing the real Danny Mayer. And it is a joy to watch. Connor Grant's been brilliant at left wing back. Chipped in with assists, goals. You know, wonderful player. Got a great delivery from the left-hand side. Michael Cooper's been outstanding. I mean, that Chelsea game in the FA Cup, you know, that was when he really stood up and, and said to the people who are watching you know i am i am good enough to to compete at a higher level and inevitably that will happen someday hopefully not for a little while um but he's been outstanding i mean seven clean sheets in a row now at home i'm sure somebody who's got their finger on the button with argyle records must be getting that must be close to a record if not already setting one but you'd have to go with joe edwards i think captain leader role model you know he would run through a brick wall for our football club and we're delighted to have him as our captain. He never stops running up and down that right wing. Pops up with some really key goals from time to time. Got the winner against Oxford at home a few weeks back. And been a real loss to the side the last couple of games. Picked up a little ankle injury at Burton. Hopefully we'll be back for the MK Dons game at least. I think it'd be a push to see him on Saturday. But, you know, he did joke in the hospitality suites at the weekend that he, I think he'd play with the air boot on if he could. So I don't think we'll, it'll be too long till we see our captain back out on the pitch. But he would, he would probably get my vote because he really has been colossus for us this year. Don't think we could have asked for a harder running than we've had. You know, Saturday's going to be incredibly tough. The permutations are there for all to see to get the Latics back to the championship. And rightfully so. They've been fantastic outfit all season. Liam has done brilliantly well. I know the, the running joke with Latics fans is that he's not won any Manager of the Month awards. And, you know, I'd be pretty annoyed if my manager hadn't with the season they've had. But I think it's fairly certain that sooner rather than later, he'll be picking up a Manager of the Year award. Certainly in my eyes, he would get the vote. It's going to be tough. Look, you know, I've mentioned earlier our waveform the last couple of games has really started to drift away from us. We are looking tired. We are looking leggy. We're going to have to raise ourselves for one of the last two games. We certainly can't be leaving it to the last day at home to MK. Which way is it going to go? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to be optimistic and say we can get something out of the game. It'll be very tough, but it's just a privilege to be in this position after the season we had last year and how it ended. You know, it really is a privilege to be up here at this end of the table again rightfully so rightfully where we should be in my opinion i'm looking forward to it saturday first visit to the dw looking forward to popping up for the weekend hopefully we can delay the party just a couple of days for you i'll be optimistic i'll i'll say we'll at least get a point maybe a, a score draw certainly can't be see it being another boring drab nil nil like we had on monday as for the top three i do think latics will win the title I've said it to a couple of latics fans now for a wee while that you know, I do think that certainly promotion has been theirs for a, li- for a 
a little bit of time now. As for that second spot, Rotherham seems to be doing everything they can to make sure it's not them. MK obviously had that disappointing, those last two disappointing results, Sheffield Wednesday and away at Oxford over the Easter weekend. That's really set them back. They've obviously got to come to home park next weekend on the last day of the season. As I mentioned, you know, we haven't conceded at home now for well over 11 hours. Rotherham were the last team to beat us here and we could have been 4-5 nil up by the time they scored. We're not going to make it easy for them on the last day of the season. Playoff-wise, Sheffield Wednesday are in good nick. They could just keep on winning game in hand as well. And then, really, it's a straight dogfight between ourselves, Wickham and, and Sunderland, who can hold their nerve. I do think Oxford's little run of three straight defeats started by us at the start of April may well have scuppered their chance. But, look, it's going to be a brilliant end to the season. League One's been a brilliant... <clears throat> it's been a brilliant year to be a part of. I mean, it's obscene that we're on 78 points and we're not guaranteed a, at least a playoff spot yet. You know, we are going to have to get nearer 80 if we want it, but let's just roll our sleeves up one last push, find 20% extra in those legs and, and see where it gets us. And hopefully it starts with a positive result on Saturday. Thank you very much for that, Joe. Sounds like he's really enjoyed this season, Paul. They've obviously, he's got that full... Full picture on, hasn't he? Of the we've done better than we ever expected across the whole season. Not the short term disappointment of them slowly sliding down a little bit in recent weeks. Well, they had a bit of a dip before Christmas, didn't they? And then they, when uh, Brian Law left to go to Preston and, and uh, Mr. Schumacher took over, and then they've picked up again. And he's, he looks like he's doing a good job there. I think it'll be a tough game on Saturday. If you look at their uh, away form, isn't too bad at all. Uh, not as good as ours, but then again, who's is in this division? Joe went for a one-all, but they look like they've been hit with a, a few injuries. The whole running on empty thing is a good thing from our perspective because I think we're running on fumes, aren't we? Right, should we have a ref watch? The referee on Saturday will be Seb Stockbridge from Durham, and he's a 37-year-old, and he's been a, a National List referee since the 2013-14 season. So this will be his eighth Latics game. He last refed us earlier this season, a 2-1 home defeat against Lincoln back in October. Seb Stockbridge has won previous Plymouth game this season, their opening game on the 7th of August, which was a 2-0 defeat away at Rotherham. His card watch for this season is 33 games, 98 yellows, 5 reds, and he has awarded two penalties, and that is Seb Stockbridge who will be your referee on Saturday against Plymouth. Thank you, Mr. Fall. So, previous against Plymouth, we've played 23, with one ten, drawn four, and lost nine, so pretty even. That reverse fixture, back on the 27th of November, was a fantastic game, I thought. Maybe not necessarily in terms of quality, but it was a superb advert for competitive League One football. Plymouth were flying at the time. And after we exchanged goals in the first half, Callum Lang came up with a superb finish from a fantastic pass from Wilkie. The form for Plymouth, they're currently in fifth position. So they've held that top six position for most of the season. They got 79 points, which is very impressive. Would have got them in the playoffs last season from the 44 games. The recent form is a little bit patchy as uh, our good friend from Plymouth alluded to earlier, lost, won, drawn, lost, drawn. In terms of their away games this season, this is their last away game. 
So the mathematicians will work out that that means they've played 22 previous away games this season. They've picked up 33 points. Very impressive nine wins, seven defeats and six draws, 35-4 and 28 against. They're on a run of 22 league games, 13 wins, three draws and just six defeats, which is 42 for a possible 66 However, as I alluded to earlier, they've only won one of the last five games. So it certainly sets this up to be a very, very interesting contest. So back to Sir Barry for the predictions. I think we'll come out of the traps pretty sharpish on, on Saturday and, and uh, try to put a performance on for the fans with it being our last home game of the season. I can see us winning this game. I think uh, Plymouth have got a few problems uh, injury-wise. And they're in a bit of patchy form at the moment. I'm going to go for a a two nil Latics win. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the the great thing is you're playing a decent side who is you know is going to push you. That is going to mentally drive our players on to you know because they know they need to be on their game to get over the line. There's no playing teams down the bottom that are on the beach and you kind of might be tempted to relax because you think they will. That ain't going to happen Saturday. Can't spell the party, can we? I think I think 1-0, 2-0, nice and comfortable, but I don't think they'll let us get away with that, so I'll stick with 1-0, home win. It's a tough one, this, really, because clearly we are going to be a little bit nervous. I'd be surprised if there's any major changes in this game in terms of personnel. Not sure about what's happened to Josh McGuinness. We didn't really speak about that earlier in terms of any, if any information has come out about injury. I thought we missed him last night and I'd be very happy if he can come back and start and lead the line. I'll, I much prefer Humphreys coming on as a sub. Tough one to predict because I do think that they are well up for this game. You know, it's a massive game for Plymouth. I just think it was slightly better in terms of our quality. It's got to be tight. I think we'll win the game 2-1. Quick look at the fixtures for the weekend. Accrington v Lincoln City. Charlton Athletic Shrewsbury. Cheltenham Bolton Wanderers. Crew Ipswich. Doncaster, Burton, Fleetwood AFC, Wimbledon, MK Dons, Morecambe, Portsmouth, Gillingham, Rotherham, Oxford United, Sunderland, Cambridge United. We've got Plymouth and big game doing at Adams Park, Wickham Wanderers v Sheffield Wednesday. On Saturday, there's a meet and greet for the players to show you support. So if people can get down there for 12 o'clock and just give the lads some encouragement in ahead of what is an absolutely massive game. Uh, I've been told that they arrive between 12 and 1, so, you know, I'm sure they'd post for some photographs, etc. Yeah, and Barry, in addition to that, obviously, once they've wished the best of luck to our mighty Latic, there is a bit of a party atmosphere in the supporters club that day. Usual deal with members uh, before the game, but slight difference this week. You know, the podcast crew will be on the stage. And we'll be talking to Lisa Nandy, Jonathan Jackson and the legend that is Emerson Boyce. We'll be uh, back on Saturday doing the live broadcast uh, back in the recording studios on Sunday. So until then, some big celebrations going on. So until Sunday, up the six, come on, come on.